podcast that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether nationally or internationally. And today we got a lot to talk about, immigration being one. But before we get into the subject matter of today, let me introduce you to my co-host, Big Bad Joe Bitts, former combat Marine of the Iraq War. Fortunately, he was wounded because he stepped on something he wasn't supposed to, but he's fine now. And then a former Marine is Ray Krause. So how you guys, how you and Ray doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. I'm doing well. I'm going to kick it back. Work was good. Kept me busy. But other than that, work is fine. There's a lot going on. Uh, oh, yeah. With, um, with Well, with immigration, especially with this new bill being passed, when it comes to um, like the one point. Five trillion was it? One point seven trillion. That's okay, the ominous spending bill. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so but if inflation goes up, it's not because of that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there were the. But the, it, they said that none of the none of this bill, the money is going to go to securing or even working on the correct. border. Even if it goes, it's going to go to homeland security. But homeland security can't use it to secure the border. Correct. The biggest problem I have with the ominous spending bill. This is. Uh, a reflection on both Republicans and Democrats, and both parties failed America. And the reason I say this, because it was put together at the last minute to avert a government shutdown. Mm -hmm. So typically the way it works, I mean, they haven't done this in a while, is everything goes through committees. Each committee would handle their section of this big spending package. And they would debate it. They would have witnesses and hearings and markups and you know, cutbacks and all that. That's never happened. They just wait to the last minute, not wanting to have a government shutdown, cobble together something, something have a 4,000-page bill that no one's read. So... Um, you know, well, that's but that's, that's government for you. Was that kind of like um, maybe going towards like a shutdown, or was it looming or like trying to threaten a shutdown with something like that? Well, it was going to be a shutdown of the government, so no one wants that, and Republicans always lose in a shutdown. But it just showed that we're spending 1.7 trillion. Nobody has looked at any of these programs, any of these departments, and anywhere the any of these agencies see where can you. Cut, uh, cut costs. Where can you save money? Where can you make the, the, these agencies and departments function better for the American public? All we do is $1.7 trillion. It's like nothing. Why do we need to give money to other things like uh, for gender studies in Pakistan or uh, salmon in Alaska. Why do we need I to mean, give? The, the, why do Why do we need to kind of like? Why can't we just say we need this money for this and that's it? I mean, because wasn't like the FBI getting like eleven billion? I'm not sure how much the FBI budget is, but you're. I think you're correct on that. We give money without. Why are we spending over here? Why are we giving? I understand we're trying to help you know the salmon runs and all these other things, but why are we spending money on gender studies when we could use that money? For something else. In colleges, you want to study this? Go study it. But we're not going to fund this stuff. What about uh, President Zelensky? Well, a more successful president is uh, about to address our Congress. Yeah. More <laughs> and history is in the making. So yeah, that's that's what was well, said. I mean, it's, why, why? Okay. You know what? Another thing that upsets me a little bit about, you know, there's like some kind of respect for the office. Even though you're not happy with this administration, John. If you were invited to the White House, are you going to show up in like slacks and like a pullover? But you got you're talking Zelensky. 
Well, yeah. Okay, but you got to think um, one, the, his, one of his his age, and two, you got to remember where he's coming from. I don't know what things are like in Ukraine, but also they're in a war. So he's probably he's not staying in one spot. Each day, I'm guessing he's going to different different areas because he's been targeted by um, by the Russians. Well, they can't. Hey, hey, welcome to America. Here's a suit, buddy. Check it out. Uh, I'm not. I'm His not. wife spent forty six thousand dollars. She went on a forty six thousand dollars shopping spree while she was here. While Zelensky's like, hey, let me go check out the Capitol. Now, I do respect Zelensky because yesterday or yesterday in Ukraine time, he did make a unannounced surprise visit to the region of Bakhmut. And then he takes, you know, he goes from there, visits the guys at the front there where a lot of heavy shelling is still go active. And then he does go and make a, a plane ride out to the United States. Well, the, the, the problem I have with all this is it's not a reflection of Zelensky. It's a reflection of President Biden. What is his foreign policy vision? I mean, I understand the debate going on, and I've been listening back and forth about we're spending, I think we spent a total of $63 billion total of everything that we've given since the war started. And everybody goes, so he stays doing this to, you know, to go against Russia. My question is, why wasn't this done before? And I remember before the war started, he didn't give the Ukrainians the weapons they wanted because he said this is going to be antagonistic to, to Russia. Now all of a sudden he's given all this stuff. Uh, to me, a statesman is somebody who can prevent war, not what they do when the war starts. Now, we'll never know if he would have armed the Ukrainians much further or much faster than he did. We'll never know if he was tougher on Russia prior to the war starting, like when Russia cyber hacked our infrastructure grid and he told putin don't hack into these 16 areas so we don't know if he was tougher on putin since he became president instead of get, caving into everything that that might have prevented things we just don't know oh well, i want to bring up something here so like a couple decades before you know, um, I think under Clinton, we thought, okay, hey, why don't we uh, go, help, go ahead and help Afghanistan fight Russia? No, that was that Clinton. That was... Um, was that Reagan? That was in Reagan's era. Okay, so... And then what happened after that is that we ended up eventually, Afghanistan or the Taliban kind of turned that around and attacked the u.s well, what so happened? isn't there kind of uh, I, it seems like we're kind of falling into like a similar trend where like hey let's give ukraine you know all the all these weapons and all this supplies and all the support that they need and then how do we not know like in about 10 20 even 30 years from now they're gonna be like hey hey america remember all that stuff we gave you hey you're gonna get it back but not the way you think well the difference between the two countries one is ukraine's a sovereign country and they're willing to fight I mean, really willing to fight. Now, the, the analogy you used with you, um, Afghanistan is we funded the Mujahideen. Um, and this analogy, we gave it to Bin Laden is false. But anyway, we um, armed the Mujahideen. But once the war with Russia was over in 1989, then we just stopped. And I know Bush Sr. got tied up with the unification of Germany and then with the Gulf War. But then when... Um, Bill Clinton became president in 92 when he was inaugurated in 93. From 1993 through 2006, his first uh, Secretary of State, uh, 
Warren Christopher never mentioned Afghanistan one time. Mm -hmm. So once the war was over, we just like, okay, we're done. Let's leave. And we never thought of things. What would happen if we would have stayed and wouldn't have been engaged? We never know. Hindsight's 2020. And too often we, we react to events instead of being proactive. Why do we fight Russia? Um, like once removed. Why? Why? Why can't we just kind of like just go right at them and just not just like, well, because hey, Russia, hey, Russia has, shut up. Here you go. Well, Russia has nuclear weapons. Even since so the, do we. I know, but during the whole Cold War, we fought each other through proxies: Korea, Vietnam, um, the wars of national liberation in Africa and other areas. We fought it through proxy war. Is aren't we doing the same thing right now in Ukraine? In a way, we because, are because. Russia's not using their, I guess, what we would call um, their their ground forces, their conventional forces. They're using their PMs, their private military contractors. Their Wagner well, Group has led the led the front on most of it. So wouldn't that count as a proxy war in and of itself? There is a proxy war, and the Ru Russia has used its conventional forces, but their conventional forces were not. I mean, our intelligence, whether right or wrong, or maybe didn't see how the depth of it. It showed the the corruption, the state of the Russian military wasn't up to the par we thought they would be, yep. and they're getting handed to us. Now, the other argument is, and I've listened to both sides, why, why are we spending all this money there? Well, if we don't, what would have happened? We would have had a whole different argument if Russia was allowed to, to go into Ukraine and occupy Ukraine. What would have been next? I mean, President Biden talks about fuel prices and other commodities that skyrocketed since the invasion of um, Ukraine. What would have happened if he would have had control of those those items? That shows our supply chain. We need to start looking at things in this country. Now, the president keeps blaming Russia for rising fuel prices. That had something to do with it. But the prices of fuel were going up far faster before the um, invasion, just like inflation was running at 7% prior to the invasion. Now, how about unleashing American energy independence instead of begging Saudi Arabia, the Gulf states, and even Venezuela? We just gave $4 billion and allowed Chevron to go back into Venezuela to get, make more energy available. Why can't we do that in our country? So we don't need to recreate jobs here. We spend money here. We were energy independent at one time. Now we're not. Now we're dependent on other countries. And I'm concerned about the spring, early summer when we go back to peak driving season and production is going to be far lower then. What's going to happen then? When, um, when, uh, like, when it comes to uh, the bill and, and, uh, like, and the spending and stuff like that, well, you know, we normally wanted to kind of start this conversation off with like immigration. Yeah. So and we kind of like side bet. We side yeah, side a little yeah, bit, but we can kind of bring it. We, we can, can bring swing it, it back to immigration. We can bring it back to immigration, but like you know, um, just recently the what was this bill that or what was this Trump error? Oh, that was Title Forty Two. Okay. Title Forty Two was a, a Trump era bill or a Trump era law portion that you can send someone back because of a pandemic issue, which was the coronavirus. Now the coronavirus is is gone, or it's not like it's gone, but it's not, it's ended. 
and a federal judge says it was too arbitrary, you can't keep continuing using that because it was only used for the coronavirus. Now, President Biden said um, a couple months ago, the coronavirus is over. Mm-hmm. So the big fear is we're getting about six thousand to five to six thousand illegal immigrants every day crossing the U.S. southern border. With this Title Forty Two going away, you're going to be getting up about sixteen to eighteen thousand a day, and that's going to overwhelm the border. And President Biden was asked numerous times, "What's your plan?" But all he said is, "We're going to end it." We want the Republicans to work with us, but they failed to work with us. And you get the administration blaming the Republicans for not working with the Democrats. What's the reasoning behind that? What's the reasoning of saying, okay, it's the Republicans' fault when we're kind of we're more pro-border or more border security? Well, I think it's easy because you have a complicit media. You have um, – um, it was an – I can't even think of her name. right. Martha Radich. Of ABC News, she had um, Greg, Greg Abbott over the weekend, and she was interviewing, and she was blaming him. You keep, you Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, and others keep saying the border's wide open. You're giving a disinformation to the cartels, so they think the border's open. And other pun- pundits who got on the Sunday morning talk shows reiterated the same theme as the um, the president, and the president never said. The border. Um, I want the, an open border, and he goes, "Yes, he did." During the campaign, he s- said, "Come one, come all." The border. If you want to come here, come. And then you have Democrats in these sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. You're a draw. You give them free health care, free education, free welfare, all the gamuts. So why wouldn't you come here? What's the reasoning behind, what's the, maybe like the left or Democratic reasoning for just letting whoever wants to come in, come in? What What's their... I what, think their rationale is that they feel that if more illegals, more immigrants or uh, Latin, Hispanic individuals come here, that would be another demographic that would strictly vote Democratic. But is it? Well, because if you look at, just by historically... They want to do as another minority group like African-Americans. African-Americans historically vote overwhelmingly for the Democratic Party and not for the Republicans. But now, because of this latest election in 2022, it wasn't the red wave everybody thought it would be. But you still see the greater shift of African-Americans, Hispanic, Asians now voting for the Republicans because the Democrats are so tied up in this race and progressive and LGBTQ and transgender, that it's alienating the same groups. And now for Hispanics, they tend to be Christian-based, Catholic or evangelical, Christian-based, strong family. They have a strong work ethic, but they want ed- they want their children educated. And they look at the schools. The schools are a horrible mess. I mean, the latest um, report card for our schools shows almost 80% of blacks and Hispanics are virtually illiterate by the time they get to the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get any better as they go on. Wasn't there something that Thomas Jefferson said about uh, education? Yeah, I mean, education is the, is the hallmark of anything. My dad had a fifth grade education. He knew the only way to get out of poverty or to get ahead is not with your back, not with your fist, but with your mind. Whether you went the vocational route 
or whether you went to college, you need to get an education. Well, I thought he also said something about people that lack an education are easier to control. Yeah, I think I would have to get the exact quote, but they are. I wonder if Beach Baby knows that quote. Well, I'm sure. I'll look, I'm going to look it up. But then the other thing is, look how the media portrays this. I mean, a lot of these things, like take immigration. Byron York, who was a reporter at the Washington Examiner, yesterday wrote an article. And he asked people, 80% of the people think that only about 100 to 300,000 people have crossed illegally across the southern border, mm-hmm. when the actual number is well over 3 million. But if you look at the networks, only one, a few networks are covering the U.S. southern border. It's just like, I know I mention them all the time, Jonathan Turley wrote an article. Look at the Twitter scandal, the Twitter files. You have the FBI coordinating with Twitter or what stories to run or what stories to suppress. So you had 80 agents working in conjunction with Twitter. Then you have Democratic lawmakers, and two of them, there was four, excuse me, three U.S. congressional representatives and one senator. The one senator was um, Senator um, Whitehouse of, 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 of Connecticut, I believe, and the other one was Adam Schiff, our friendly there's a Russian behind every bush, Adam Schiff. Yeah. Well, they wrote a letter to Twi- to Facebook saying don't do to Facebook what Twitter's doing. So basically, we want censorship of people we disagree with. And look at the stories they suppressed. The Russian collusion was a story they pushed, even though there was no evidence of collusion. Look at the um, the disinformation campaign about saying the Hunter Biden was a a disinformation campaign by Russia. There was no evidence to suggest that. Mm-hmm. So the Twitter, working with the FBI, working with Democrats, including members of Joe Biden's campaign, suppressed stories. So they were di- dictating what we would hear, read, or see because they didn't want to push it up because it was derogatory against the Democrats and Joe Biden. So they basically put their thumb on an election, colluded in an election to push and determine what Americans read. Well, it's more like, you know, the, I, would you think that the state of the country in, that we are in now is because of the media? Yes, because the media, is, if you look at the Society of Professional Journalism Ethics Code, it breaks it down by bullet points. One of the first things is stand by the accuracy of your work. Speed is not an excuse for putting out a wrong story. How many stories over the years that the media has gotten wrong? Take the, like I said, take the Russian collusion. In December of 2018, the Washington Post and the New York Times got a Pulitzer Prize, the gold medal of journalistic awards, for a false story. They violated every tenet of journalistic ethics. One of them is to verify the, um, the authenticity of your story. Nobody could verify that Russian, the Russian dossier was legitimate. It still hasn't been uh, um, verified to this day, but they ran with it as evidence. Mm-hmm. Look at the an FBI, senior FBI lawyer falsified evidence, took that evidence, lied to a federal judge to surveil Amer- an American. Then that same DOJ uh, inspector general, Michael Horowitz, found pulled out 29 random FISA applications. And in each case, there was no evidence or minuscule evidence to get an, um, 
to get a surveillance warrant. It still went through. Well, how do we correct it, though? I mean, they, That's they're, 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 they're complicit into trying to alter. I mean, someone would say maybe try to destroy the country or try to move the narrative. But how can we... Well, that's where the American people need to hold the media accountable. They stop watching their programs. That's where Congress needs to shed a light. But even like the, the main topic of tonight was immigration. You've got over 4 million, almost 5 million people illegally crossing. Barely makes a blip in the mainstream media. They talk about 40% of all children who've entered the country illegally were placed with guardians or relatives. The government doesn't know who they gave those children to. So right now, the government is aiding and abetting human trafficker and sex trafficking. Is there still kids in cages? I'm sure Because that was huge that between was huge. 2016 and, and 2020, and these, that quieted down. But there's still like more people die every year. Oh, there's like 800 people. I don't know what the number is now, but the last time I checked about a month or so ago, over 800 people died trying to reach the U.S. southern border. But nobody did make a, a, a blip. There was a little girl, five-year-old, drowned in the Rio Grande trying to get to America. Where is the AOCs, the Nancy Pelosi's, Chuck Schumer? They were all over it when it was Donald Trump. Where were they when all these – how about the 55 who died in that um, tractor trailer? But yet Ron DeSantis sends 50 migrants or illegals to – Martha's Vineyard, and it seemed like everybody's head exploded. That was a boss move. I think that was a good... Sounds like necessary casualties. But also, I mean, (laughs) let's let's take a look at, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, border and stuff like that, is that, um, you know, we have all these people crossing. Why can't we, you know, if, if it's a Republican problem, okay, Republicans... Get your happy ass down there and show up at the border and see what you could do to to fix it. Even though we're not maybe like the party in power at the time, at least we can kind of you know pop out our chest, be like, "Well, we're down here. Didn't, where where's the where's the administration?" Didn't Ted Cruz go down there well, with his? A lot of the Republicans went down. What the Republicans <laughs> want to get back to is go back to the policies. I know people don't want to admit this. Go back to the policies of Donald Trump. He had the fewest border uh, crossings or illegals crossing that U.S. southern border that we ever had. But Democrats fought tooth and nail against everything he did and then abandoned everything he did. Now we're seeing record border crossings. And I deal with, when I work at a law enforcement supply company, not a cop, cop, but I deal with federal, state, local officials. And when I talk to the federal officials, especially the Border Patrol, they tell me that what you're seeing at the U.S. southern border pales in comparison to what's really going on. Then I talk to the DEA, the Homeland Security, fentanyl, the deadly drug is pouring across the border. But the Biden administration has done nothing about it. And fentanyl comes in with from China. So China's working with the, the Mexican cartels. To poison and kill Americans. Joe Biden's not going to do anything about fentanyl until Hunter Biden ODs on it. And that's the point where one um, one reporter made a good question. Everybody's complaining about, well, we should be spending this money on from Ukraine to the border. There's no indication Joe Biden will ever. We saw the ominous spending bill that we're not spending on anything to stop the U.S. southern border. Look at the go back to the media. 
Kamala Harris, the vice president, um, chastised Republicans for not coming up with a solution. You're the border czar. The last time you went to the U.S. southern border was in June of last year. So, you have not talked to the the countries of origin, like you said, the, the, the presidents of Central America. So we haven't talked to the administration since June of last year. See, Kamala Harris is the, a model of public speaking. Oh, have yeah. You, have you know? I have a question now. Okay. Everything we've talked about, about, and this is just speculation, but it's a question for you. Everything we've talked about tonight seems to go back to Joe, our president, and somehow finances to Ukraine. We've had the Russian collusion back in twenty what nineteen. The, the no, the Russian collusion was before, was back in twenty sixteen. The hearing was in the hearing was I think twenty I got to remember twenty nineteen I believe. So and then everything came out about how Biden was in Ukraine and stuff with the and then apparent you know conveniently a war. Are they propping him up and getting him ready for a heavyweight bout between the United States and Vladimir Putin's Russia? You mean the United States and us fight? You yes. mean Zelensky? Well, Zelensky is just a prop. but Trying to drag us yes. in? Because I he's going to make a statement. He's going to talk to Congress tonight. It's probably happening did. now. It's already dead. I and mean, he's, there's speculation. He's making, he's making history. There's right. speculation on that. Um I'm not going to say he's trying to do that without the evidence to back it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, the worry, the, my worry is this, is what is our foreign policy goal? What is our full foreign policy strategy? Okay, we're spending $60 billion. But if you look deeper into it, only a few other countries are helping out. Right. Germany is not. Germany is... And uh, Germany okay. should because Russia is the one that's taking their oil from okay, them. Okay, but here's the point. Remember when Donald Trump chastised NATO for not spending its 2%? Yes. Yeah. Germany was the one. Andrea Merkel went at it with Trump and we're not going to do You can't. And then he also said, you guys are making a serious mistake by tying your energy needs to Russia. Yep. And this goes back to the um, the Green New Deal or those who are pushing alternative fuels like wind and solar, Germany's, I mean, Europe is much further along in alternative energy in the United States and their usage, but they can't meet their energy needs. Germany is going to start going back to using coal-fired plants and other, other commodities, but they're going to face a problem. Look at what we're doing in this country. I saw a report um, this morning before I went to work. They have, you know, you have, yeah, food bank. They have a wood bank in New Hampshire because they don't have the natural gas they need to heat their homes, so they're going to get wood so they can do the wood fire burning stoves. And then we got on top, we have that, was it that polar bomb, that huge winter storm coming through most of the United States. Everybody's energy costs have gone up 18%. So if you're struggling to make ends meet, now you got to think about, do I pay food, other bills, or heat my place? So when it snows in Florida next week, there you go. in Tampa, do we really have a climate crisis on our hand? I mean, They or, use it, but the thing is. Like, you, you, okay, you could tell me, like, this summer was hot. It was hot. I mean, it was some of the, one of the hottest summers I, I, I've maybe endured in like years, or if not ever, I don't know. I and was then, fine. And you know what? 
<laughs> this is John's last podcast, by the way. <laughs> I enjoy that air conditioning. <laughs> I anyway, to, I had to put a sweater on some days. <laughs> but now, I mean, we're lo- like we said, we're like in, in almost south. We're kind of like mid South Florida, and we're going to be looking at. 30, uh, probably in the 30s Correct. when it comes to if the, if, if a, uh, no, a, a system comes in, it's going to snow in Tampa. It so I mean, where where are we when they're like they're touting climate crisis or global warming or uh, climate change? Like what like they're, they're, where they, how are we responsible for this when we're getting like record cold? Well, I mean, they use everything. First, like, if it Texas was, is going to shut down again like it did last year. Okay, but they use everything. When it's overly hot, it's climate. When it's overly cold, it's climate. And they use all this stuff. But, I mean, I'm not saying that we can't use wind and solar as part of the energy grid. But it just can't be the primary source because Europe is going through it. Now they what they did, they had a, um, a climate summit in Cairo. And President Biden committed spending, I think, over $20 billion to less developed countries. But the developed countries know the only way for them to get ahead is you have to use, you need energy. You need fossil fuel. Now, what about just last week they came up, they they, uh, successfully came up with a fusion reactor. No, a fusion. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But that's decades away. It's a we great. We mean it's the right. They, 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 no, they but did. To, to use that as an energy source, that's great. To to, to use our the free market to use the. They, they made a mini sun in that place. Yeah, but if they can do that and it can help us with our energy, that's great. Yeah. But it's still in the infancy stage. The problem is America needs to realize fossil fuels is still here. Mm-hmm. They want to do it. Like now, in 10 years, all vehicles got to be um, alternative energy, electric. Yeah. Now, remember, Joe Biden also signed an agreement with the Congo, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, for um, rare earth minerals. This is a country that uses child labor. Yeah. If you think you're going to get your zinc and cobalt and whatever you use for your your battery— you don't go to Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's to get it. It's got to be mined. Yeah. And mining in the Congo is far different than mining in the United States where we have our environmental laws and rules. Mm-hmm. So it's just they're pushing something that the country is not ready for, and they think the technology – look at California. Remember when California over the summer said, by this date, all vehicles must be um, electric? Then the two days later, they said, if you have an electric vehicle, please don't charge it because it, it's going to task the energy grid. And even some of the, the plants in California are coming, are coming offline, and they're not going re- to invest. Why would you invest in a company in five years or ten years, they're gonna, you're going to be out of business? You're not going to do it. Yeah. So um, we're kind of approaching the end of the podcast and the end of the year. Poss- possibly, we might we'll make a surprise. Nice make a surprise podcast but possibly for this this year this is the last podcast for this year possibly so john what would you have to say to you all the ubaldies or baldies as we like to call them i would just say keep following ubaldi reports i'm trying to put out information so we can do this every day because there's a lot of topics i know we jumped around with a lot of these topics that was fun but there were a lot of topics to discuss and we like to do this every day so i don't have to work my full-time job i can work this full-time 
and then just answer questions and get information so you can make a determination. And we're not telling you how to um, how to think. We just want to pre present information and go from there. All right. So uh, we will leave you with that. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can go to ubaldireports.com or in email John. And uh, we will talk to you guys maybe next year. And the key is have a great Christmas. with. I can say Merry Christmas with your family and friends and just enjoy the Christmas season with your family. Enjoy whatever you're going to be doing and have a great holiday season.